1: Of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JC Penny, make everybody count.
2: NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with
1: iHeartRadio.
3: It's Wednesday, December 14th, and you're listening to NFL Total Access.
1: The podcast.
2: Those are the voices of today's special guests. Voice number one belongs to a podcast first timer. He is the pride of the Spartans. No, not Michigan State. De La Salle High School Spartans. He is the pride of the Bruins. No, not the UCLA Bruins. Oh, hold on. Yes, the UCLA Bruins. He is the pride (laughs) of the Jags and the Raiders. He was a second round pick, 60th selection overall of the Jacksonville Jags. And in eight seasons with them, he had over 1,000 scrimmage yards In seven of them, in his all-pro season, which was his third straight Pro Bowl season, by the way, he was the NFL rushing champ, 1,606 yards, 1,980 scrimmage yards. He's the voice of Rams radio and a voice of occasional reason around these parts. He's Maurice Jones. Drew, welcome to the podcast, sir.
3: Oh, thank you. This is nice. (laughs) It's recognition.
2: Voice number two belongs to a fellow hyphenate. In navigational terms, she is our magnetic north. She says go, I say where. She is the host of NFL Total Access, the co-host of the El Huddle podcast. She has Dominican dreams, orange and aqua blood, and a weakness the truth she is still glowing from having shaken the hand of rito moreno only hours ago she is mj acosta
1: ruiz welcome back mj she shook my hand with one hand i had a glass of chardonnay in the other she's a legend man
2: sir that is exactly <laughs> the image that i would conjure up or certainly want to i am your host nfl network senior writer andrew levy and on today's show deep breath five running backs mjd has his eye on in week 15 because, according to MJD, they either will dominate this week or they have to dominate this week for their team to have any chance of winning. We will also burst a bubble or two for playoff hopes in both the AFC and the NFC. And we will add our voices to the growing din of debate regarding the winner of a two-horse race, the MVP race, between Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. Who will win it? Who should win it? And is it possible that only one of these guys actually deserves... To win it. But first, a wistful Wednesday. Remember when MJD? I want to look back way back to a night in early October 2001 for a game that would become known as the game of the century undefeated and top ranked De La Salle Spartans against the undefeated and second ranked Long Beach Poly Jackrabbits, who had five future NFL players, and 15 FBS players on the roster. And yet, final score, 29-15, the Knights MVP. Who else? A young man known then simply as Maurice Drew. 79 rushing yards, 79 receiving yards, four touchdowns. It was the 117th straight win for the De La Salle Spartans at the time, a fifth national championship for the school. MJD, 20 years removed, do you still remember that night? What's the enduring image or the moment that you conjure up when you think about that night?
3: Oh, For sure, I still remember that night. Uh, It was the night that kind of changed my career in football, Um, going from someone no one knew to being on the national limelight. But the thought, the the image that I remember is at halftime of that game, Uh, the funny thing is, Long Beach Poly had guys that went both one way, right? So they had guys that Mm -hmm. played offense and guys that played defense where – We had guys that went both ways. I remember being at halftime, sitting in the locker room, and dudes were exhausted. And, you know, IVs weren't around back then (laughs) or anything like that. So what they did was they went and got a bunch of bagged ice, and we would just sit on them, like, try to, like, eat ice, whatever we could to drink, to hydrate and to cool down because it was a hot night in Long Beach that night. So it was was an exciting time to go out there and, and beat a team that was really good
2: first touchdown was actually a receiving touchdown. It was. You opened the scoring. uh, You were down 3-zip at the time. They had put a field goal on the board. I watched the game earlier today. And uh, fastest feet I've seen in a long time. Maybe fastest feet I've ever seen until Kyler Murray came around.
3: Oh, no. I was faster than (laughs) Kyler.
2: Just faster feet. Just faster feet. You were faster. Um, Walk me through that first receiving touchdown and the moment of joy you showed crossing the threshold of the end zone.
3: Yeah, so it's, it's funny. I coach at Dallas Salle now and they still talk about it a little bit, but um, I actually messed up on the play. It was supposed to be a rollout screen. I was supposed to start one way and come back, but I actually went the wrong way and just made an adjustment. Um, caught the ball on the screen pass. Our right tackle, John Chan, did a great job of kicking out the, the linebacker, the D end, and, up the seam, I went, broke a tackle, and did a somersault into the end zone. <laughs> yes, he did. Which wasn't a... He did uh, a somersault. Yeah. Flare. Did you get flagged for that? Oh, I got a big flag. And our coaches were, weren't the happiest about that either. But, you know, what were they going to do, right? You only get one time to shine on national television at the age of 17. So mm-hmm. you got to do what you got to do, you know?
2: He ran the wrong route translation. Even when he's bad, he's good, MJD. So glad you're here. Okay, let's get to work. It's time <laughs> to do a little damage. Some permanent structural damage actually to a few bubbles. Mm. A few NFL bubble teams, either precariously in the playoff picture or anxiously awaiting just outside of it, all are riding on a bubble of hope and expectation. All of those bubbles are currently fully inflated, but all are due for a pinprick of painful reality that will instantly burst that bubble and send them plummeting to the place they always belonged this season in a dank heap of dashed hopes. Wow, that sounds really dire, and I kind of like it. Okay, let's start in the AFC. Guys, I'm going to read you the AFC playoff picture as it stands right now. You know it by heart. Listener, take note. Number one, Buffalo Bills, Kansas City, the two seed. Baltimore Ravens at nine and four are the three seed. Tennessee at seven and five, leading the AFC South, are the four seed. Then we get Cincinnati, then Miami, then New England at seven. That rounds out the seven current playoff positions. Sitting outside looking in, the eighth spot belongs to the L.A. Chargers. The Jets are ninth. Then you have the Jacksonville Jaguars, MJDs, Jacksonville Jaguars, and then Las Vegas, MJDs, Raiders, followed by the Browns, the Steelers, the Colts, the Broncos, and the Texans. I think we can eliminate most of those last teams that I mentioned, but let's put an AFC team on notice, MJD, in the worst way. Tennessee Huge bubble Titans. are you about to burst?
3: The Tennessee Titans. Uh, Three-game losing streak, can't throw the football, can't stop the pass right now defensively. Uh, they've kind of been figured out, I, I would say. You know, uh, Derrick Henry has done an awesome job of running them uh, into the playoffs and throughout the playoffs. But what they, the one piece that they're missing is A.J. Brown. And they traded him away in the draft because they couldn't find a way to pay him. And now you play him, and he just starts a skid. That you haven't seen, we haven't seen in a while from the Tennessee Titans, where the Jags won for the first time in Tennessee, and what since 2013. Yeah, that was I was part of that game. I've been retired a long time, so mm-hmm. uh, it tells you Ryan Tannehill and company they got to figure it out.
2: So Tennessee, according to Maurice Jones-Drew, Tennessee currently the four seed at seven and six, precariously leading that AFC South. Mm-hmm. Right, they will fall out of the playoff picture, and by extrapolation, I assume that you are suggesting that your Jags will end up winning that AFC South and take the four spot from them. Now, at 5-8, and that's going to require them, it seems, arithmetically, to run the table. You see that
3: happening? uh, Well, I'll say this. I think the Titans are going to lose enough to make it where the Week 18 matchup will be the AFC South championship game. Oh, my God. That's what I think is going to happen. And, and that game is in? In Jacksonville. Duval, get ready. Yeah, where we're Derrick Henry has run well there. So we'll see if the Jags can, can hold up.
2: Now, I've known you a long time, and you are famous for some seriously hot, scorching takes that make us scratch our head and raise our eyebrows and ask ourselves, did he really just say that? Can you honestly say that you are not driven right now and informed in this moment by fandom? No, you see a genuine weakness, a genuine frailty on the side of the Tennessee Titans, and a genuine possibility for your
4: Jags.
3: Yeah, I I see they play, I want to say the Jags have to win out for sure in order for this to happen Tennessee has to lose to the Chargers, which we think can happen. we just seen the Chargers play on Sunday night. They they play the Jets, which I think the Jets can beat them as well. Um, and then they'll, they'll beat Houston, and the Jags have to beat Houston. The Jags play the Cowboys, which is a big one this week. Yep. They have to win. Yep. Then they have to beat the Jets on Thursday night yep. football, which I think they could do. They yes. score points. And then they have to beat Houston, and then you go on and you find a way. They have to win now, though, in order for it to work
2: kind of like the sound of it it certainly creates a heck of a lot of drama mjd mj let's turn to you let's stay in the afc is there a team that you are looking at with apologies in your eyes and you're going to look that fan base in the face right now and tell them i'm so sorry you did so well you got right into the conversation but i'm about to kick your butt out of it who are you bursting the bubble of in the afc
1: I don't know if there's too much um, désolé in my eyes. Uh, for this je day. suis desolée. No, je suis no desoleil. um i <laughs> I'm petty this week, but it's not just the pettiness that's fueling this. Um, it, it is the Chargers who sit at the eighth seed right now at seven and six. Although they are playing better, obviously, they put one on my Dolphins last weekend. But I just I don't trust them to close out the season. We've seen this year after year after year, despite the amount of talent that they have on that team. I I mean, we thought this was going to be one of the most dominating teams in the conference, if not in the league, at the start of the year. And we've led to more disappointment. Inconsistency, at best, from the Bolts. I'm just not a believer that suddenly they're going to turn it around in this last stretch of the year. So even though they're at the eighth seed, I think they will get a win this week, but then after that, it's going to be a slippery slope. Even though there are games that they should, quote-unquote, win, every year we see them still drop those games as well. So it's really more based on history than anything
2: else. Maurice Jones-Drew, it's hard to argue with what she's saying. You spend a lot of time in L.A. You're kind of an L.A. favorite son, even though you're a Northern Cal guy. (laughs) You played at UCLA. You're the voice of the Rams. You spend a lot of time across the street at SoFi Stadium. You understand the Bolts as well as anybody. Um, do you buy what she's saying?
3: I do. The Chargers are going to charge. Mm-hmm. That's what They're they do. Um, I would say even last year where all you had to do was tie to get to the playoffs, what? they found a way to mess it up. The year before that, they had a nice run, and then they kind of lost at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, You want to say this year is different, but before I say it, you have to show me.
1: Correct.
2: Prove us wrong.
3: Yeah, prove me, yeah. Prove us wrong. And I think then I'll say the Chargers won't charge again.
2: Chargers, Titans, your bubble has just been burst. Consider yourself warned. As MJD just said, of course, you have four weeks to prove us wrong. Go ahead. This is your chance. Do it. We just ain't buying it. Let's turn now to the NFC. Here is the NFC playoff picture as it looks right now. Top to bottom, one through seven, the Eagles, the Vikings, the 49ers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Then your wild card spots belong to Dallas, to Washington, and to the Giants. Three NFC East teams occupying spots five, six, and seven. And then we get to the outside. To the hopefuls outside the club, hoping to convince the bouncer their name is on the clipboard. It's the Seattle Seahawks at eight, the Detroit Lions at nine. The Packers still technically alive at 10 and the Panthers on the charge at 11. Falcons also still technically alive at 12, also sitting there at five and eight. I think we can ignore the rest of the NFC. Forgive me for doing so, but let's talk about reality here. MJ, I start with you in the NFC. Who is an NFC bubble team that you are about to burst?
1: Can I burst the bubble of somebody who's not on the bubble? Absolutely. I'm going for a a division leader. And before everybody freaks out, the division is the NFC South. (laughs)
2: Well, we know (laughs) what's coming then. Tom Brady, cover your ears. You're not going to like this.
1: You know what? I was just talking about this with Kurt Warner for 14 weeks thus far. We've been waiting for this offense to click the way we know it can click for everybody to roll on all cylinders. think of every cliche we can think of offensively. We've been waiting for it. We've seen it. We've seen the game winning drives from Tom, but they haven't been cohesive this year. So I feel like it's week 15. We can come up for air. Stop holding your breath on this. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to pop that bubble in Tampa because I just haven't seen it. It's, it's, it's a different team than, say, the Chargers, who we sort of expect it from. This isn't something I expect from Tom Brady in an offense that's as low as, as this one. But I haven't seen it. And the way that the rest of these teams are playing and fighting, I think somebody else. Hey, Panthers. Have a shot of, of sneaking.
2: OK, well, that brings me to my next question, because if you burst the bubble of a division leader, the ripple effect begins instantly. Mm-hmm. And the question is, OK, if not the Bucks, then who? You say the Panthers. I
1: think. And it's not just because Thomas Davis is with me every Friday and has been rolling with the Panthers the whole season. Can... They've shown a shift the last few weeks. And I've I've, I've had to say, dang, OK, the Panthers are out here playing some ball. They really are. And, and because... Of the dynamics of the division, there is a legitimate and realistic chance that they can take it.
2: Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have just been put on notice by MJ Acosta Ruiz. Don't at me, at her. Okay, (laughs) a bubble to burst in the NFC. MJD, you have the last word on this conference. You have the last chance to dash the hopes of some very nice people who have been rooting for their team with earnest. Devotion all season, and here you are. Here you show up with your pin to prick their bubble. How dare you? Who are you going to do it
3: to? I'm okay with this, and I, I think, first of all, the NFC East has four teams in the playoffs right now. Currently, are currently, you kidding me? The whole you're division, you're saying it's not going to end that way. Are the whole it's division? Amazing. Are you kidding me? There's no way. Everybody, there's no way that's going to happen. Okay, I so. I'm going to put the Giants on notice, and it, it just at this point, they're very similar to the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, they've lost, right? They were seven and two. And they've lost and tied ever since then. Yes. And so, to me, it's they've been figured out. Uh, Daniel Jones is not playing well. They can't run the ball anymore. Defensively, all this blitz, blitzing from Wink Martindale has been getting yeah. picked up. And they've just been being outplayed. And you heard their coach. Brian Dable. Dave. Brian Dable. Yeah. I was going to say Dave, but it's Brian. He looks more like a Dave. He yeah, looks like a right. Dave to me. But anyways. He's giving Dave energy. Yeah, he does give a lot of Dave energy. He said it at best. Like, we lost. And we got beat up front. And we got beat overall. We got beat as coaches, players, the whole nine. When it's like that in this December, it's Woo! hold on player cuz we got four more weeks of you getting beat like this right. and their schedule doesn't get any easier.
2: No, it does not. In fact, they have one of the top 5 toughest schedules in the NFL. The remainder of the season, in fact, not only top five, number one. They have oh. the toughest I don't remaining think schedule win in the NFL. I
3: don't think they're going to win a game down well, the stretch. Well, as a
2: Commanders fan, I don't hate hearing that because <laughs> I can extrapolate and assume that you're saying my Commanders are going to beat the Giants in Washington. Well, technically in Maryland yeah. or Ashburn, Virginia. Where are we now?
3: Yeah. This week. I have that, but, I mean, Washington has to watch out, too. Mm-hmm. They, I, you, we forget that there's so many teams in the NFC that are kind of all bundled together. The Lions being one that can kind of jump in and take a spot as well. Seahawks being another one. Um, and so, you know, it, it's it's going to be an interesting race for the NFC wild card. I, I think, uh, obviously, the division leaders will be the division leaders, except for the NFC South, and I agree with MJ on that one. But, the wild card, except for if you put Dallas as where Dallas is supposed to be, there's two spots right. that everybody's racing for, and we'll see who it is. But I'll say this, and it's from our Dave, our, our old friend Dave Damashek. <laughs> Hear me now, believe me later. No one wants to see the Detroit Lions in the playoffs right now. No one wants to that see
2: part. the Detroit Lions in the playoffs Putting right now. Up hey, points. I buy what Damashek is selling because, oh, yeah. hey, we've been watching. I wouldn't want to face him. No. Yeah. I like that. In summation, that is the Tennessee Titans and the Los Angeles Chargers put on notice. In fact, bubble burst in the AFC by MJ and MJD. In the NFC, it's the Giants and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the division leading Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bubble burst. Water everywhere. <laughs> Carnage. Hopes dashed. God, you guys are so mean.
3: What's inside Does that? Does Tom oh, leave? God. Does Tom leave if they lose?
2: I think Tom leaves if they win or lose. That's a conversation for another day. Please come back. We interrupt this podcast to bring you picks and predictions, scores included, fantasy play advice included for the first week of your fantasy playoffs. If that applies to you, congratulations. If not, better luck. Next year, I bring in the rankster, the purveyor of fantasy hot sauce, Adam Rank. Welcome back to the pod. Thank you so much for having me here. Always a pleasure. We begin as the NFL week typically begins on Thursday night. This week, it's in Seattle in front of the 12s. Game one, are you ready? Picks ready? I'm ready. Scores ready? Yes, sir. Are you feeling confident about your scores? Not at all. No, we
5: had a good week last week. I know a lot of times you listen to this podcast and you watch on Friday night, like, rank, changed his pick. Well, guess what? I'm a human being. It happens.
2: (laughs) I can assure you, listener, he is, in fact... A human being we've checked here we go 49ers at seahawks the 49ers are nine and four the seahawks are seven and six niners firmly within the nfc playoff picture seahawks clinging to hopes on the outside looking in after that loss in week 14 what happens in week 15 the odds makers say that the san francisco 49ers should win this they are favored by three and a half on the road that is significant, especially in a divisional game. No matter who is playing, Adam, who wins it, how do they do
5: it? Well, I'm going to take the 49ers 24 to 20 in this contest. The 49ers have won six consecutive games, their longest streak since the 2019 season when the 49ers started 8-0. But a win this week would give the 49ers the first season sweep of the Seahawks since 2011. But when I look back at this game, the Seahawks managed just one touchdown against the 49ers in week two. And that was on a blocked field goal return. So I love the 49ers defense. And as I look to the fan, I know your fantasy question before you ask. We're obviously wondering about Brock Purdy, who last week I told you to play him. I think you can do it again. The Seahawks have played zone coverage at the third highest rate this season. Last week, Brock Purdy was tearing apart the zone defense of the Buccaneers.
2: Now, we are recording this podcast on Wednesday, December 14th. 14th, Wednesday, December 14th, as of today, Brock Purdy showed up on the injury report coming out of 49ers' camp. He is in fact questionable for Thursday's, Thursday's game, game against the Seahawks. Keep an eye on that. Also keep an eye on this stat that Pete Carroll and the Seahawks are 11 and 1 against Rookie quarterbacks, 11 and 1. Interesting. Convincing stat, and yet there is that one outlier. Could Brock Purdy be the second? Time will tell. Next game Colts at Vikings. The first of three Saturday games that you can see and should see and will see only right here on NFL Network. It is a Saturday NFL tripleheader, Sunday stars playing on Saturday, mass hysteria, Colts and Vikings. The line, four and a half. The Vikings are hmm. favored by four and a half at home. Interesting. That strikes me as low. A little bit. When you consider that the Indianapolis Colts at four, eight and one are, in fact, dead last in the AFC and the Vikings remain the second seed in the NFC. What do odds makers know, Adam, that I don't? Who wins it and how do they do it?
5: Are they considering it a primetime game? Is that what they're doing? They're hurting Kirk Cousins I for that reason. Listen, I'm not going there because I got the Vikings winning this one 29-20. to Pretty convincing win. The Vikings have a negative one point differential in 2000, or this season, I should say, which is the lowest in NFL history by a team that's 10-3 and or better in the first 13 games of the season, that means the Vikings are winning a lot of one-score one, uh, one score games. They're getting blown out by some good teams. Uh, the Colts are not a good team, as you noted a moment ago. The, the Colts, the biggest thing is they have a negative 14 turnover differential. That's the worst in the NFL. That is why they're struggling this year. And even though Matt Ryan is 3-1 and against Kirk Cousins in his career, to me this is a wash. The Vikings win this one easy.
2: Fantasy plays, obvious for Justin Jefferson. They become less obvious after you mention the name Justin Jefferson. Help me with a play that I should make, maybe a play that I shouldn't in this one.
5: Well, Brock Purdy on the injury report. If you're streaming a quarterback, Matt Ryan. The Vikings have allowed the most fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. There have been three instances this year where Matt Ryan, given a proper matchup, his top 300 passing yards, has had a great game. He makes it a fourth in this one.
2: Uh, given your very thinly veiled jab at Kirk Cousins at the beginning oh. of this game analysis, do you question whether or not to sit to start him in Week 15?
5: No, I don't. I, I, you know when you look at Justin Jefferson, and I know that'll look like a tough matchup when you open up your NFL app. It'll be, have a red. It'll have the the Colts in a red font. Don't worry about that. Justin Jefferson's on a pace to close at 2,000 receiving yards this year, which would get close to Calvin Johnson's NFL record. But no, nah, I'm good. I'm good with Kirk Cousins.
2: The second game of the NFL Network Saturday triple header features the Baltimore Ravens at nine and four on the road to take on their divisional opponent, Cleveland Browns, who sit at five and eight, who are not dead yet in the playoff hunt. The Ravens are not assured of anything at this point in time based on their current form. Oddsmakers say that the Browns, yes, the Browns, with Deshaun Watson in his third game back after suspension, are favored to win this
5: game by two and a half. Adam, do you agree? You know what? Here's my thing. I have the Ravens 21-19. I've gone back and forth in this one. I had the Browns winning this one 22-21. Then I took it back. You look at this game and you see rookie quarterback Anthony Brown going up against the Browns. That's a loss, right? You think that's a loss, but... Obviously, you saw what happened with last week with Brock Purdy, but Ravens quarterbacks making their first career start are 3-0 under John Harbaugh. The Ravens are one of the best rushing teams in the NFL, tied for second in the NFL in rushing. Obviously, Lamar Jackson is a much better player than Anthony Brown, but Anthony Brown can go out there and get loose. So I, I think, look, with- I just I got to pick the Ravens.
2: Now, I made a comment about the Ravens recent form. But let's be clear about that, listener. Their recent form includes two wins in a row. It's just that their performance in those two wins was anything but convincing. That 10 to 9 win in week 13 against the Broncos and, of course, last week's 16 to 14 win on the road. Impressive there against their divisional rival Steelers. Adam Rank sees a two-point win for the visiting Baltimore Ravens. That's an upset alert, Cleveland. Deal with it. Oh! The final game of three Saturday games that you will watch on NFL Network this Saturday is the Dolphins in Buffalo to take on the Bills. The Dolphins at eight and five, clinging. So that playoff spot in the AFC playoff picture, but starting to look down with wobbly legs. The Bills, the top seed in the AFC at 10 and 3. Now, we have it on good authority that the Dolphins needed sideline warmers in L.A. Huh. In week 14. What will they do in the freezing snow in Buffalo? Adam Rank. In fairness, the line is seven and a half. I'm sorry to interrupt. Buffalo is favored by seven and a half. The Bills should win this game. Of course, the Dolphins could win this game. Adam, rank the question to you. Who will win this
5: game and how will they do it? It could be one of those things where we see the Dolphins bundled up and go out there winning. But I got the Bills easily in this one, 33 to 20. The Dolphins, as I said, have been reeling. And I got this. I got an issue here. Back to back road trips to the West Coast. Their Sunday game. Was flexed to Sunday night. They landed at 5 a.m. on Monday. Now they have to go to Buffalo on a Monday. Who created this schedule? Kirby Smart was he still upset at Tua? And he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna create the schedule for you. There's too much. I, I just can't imagine the Buffalo Bills with the number two overall defense and scoring fourth and Oh, it's so difficult. I got to go with the with the Buffalo Bills and as your fantasy play the Dawson Dawson Knox. Miami has allowed the fourth most points. This season to the tight end position.
2: And we saw his athleticism on that touchdown in week 14. That was something very, very impressive. Nashville kid Dawson Knox makes the list as an Adam Rank must start for your tight end. Let's move to Sunday. Let's move to the next game. It is the Pittsburgh Steelers at five and eight taking on the Carolina Panthers, who suddenly have a belief and a path to a division championship in the NFC South. They obviously need the Bucks to continue to stumble. They need to continue to win. Do they continue to win? And if they do win Adam Rank, they assure Mike Tomlin of his first losing season as an NFL head coach. There's a part of me that wants him to keep his streak alive. Right. I have no rooting interest in this game, merely fascination The line is two and a half. Carolina is favored at home by two and a half. Who wins it? How do they do it?
5: I have the Panthers clearing that one 25 to 20. Because obviously, as you mentioned, they're a low key threat to win the NFC South. And I think everybody wants to see that. I think that, you know, when you look at Steve Wilkes and everything, you you want that feel-good story as much as we like the Mike Tomlin thing. I think Steve Wilkes is almost as important because he's never really been given a full opportunity as an NFL head coach. But look at this. The Panthers have won three of their last four after starting the season, two and seven. The Panthers have also scored 23-plus points in back-to-back games after not doing anything with their other quarterbacks. And, you know, going into a little bit of a fantasy tip, The Panthers have rushed for 204 yards per game since Sam Darnold took over as the starting quarterback, which means you can feel comfortable starting guys like Deontay Smith and players like that. Or Deontay Foreman, excuse me. Uh, I think they'll be able to run on them, even though Pittsburgh's defense is better with T.J. Watt.
2: Next game Eagles and Bears and this will really test your credibility as an analyst at this network. The Eagles at 12 and 1, the top seed of course in that NFC, taking on the Bears who sit at 3 and 10. The Bears are playing at home. The Bears are underdogs, big underdogs. The Eagles are favored to win by 9. Quick answer, who wins it and how? Bears how do they win it? What's the score?
5: Here's the thing. 33, Give me 30, a score. Nobody's listening 31. to the analysis. No, I will tell you. No, no, no. Listen to this. Let me tell you. The last time they had more than eight, ga- eight, eight days off, they went out and shocked the world with a win on Monday night football against the New England Patriots. It was
2: 1936,
5: and I went to school. Was, I walked to school. That, that was four both weeks ways. ago. Like six weeks ago. And, by the way, Philadelphia's got the Cowboys next week. You don't think they're looking ahead?
2: They are Test looking them. ahead. Test right. them. Uh, it's a. Uh, Adam Rain calls it a trap game. The rest of us call it a win for the Eagles. Let's move on. The Chiefs in Houston to take on the Texans. The, Chief of cor- the Chiefs, of course, the number two seed in the AFC. The Texans, of course, a better story than they are a team. The line is 14.
5: The Chiefs favored to win. Will the Chiefs win? How do they do it? Chiefs, 45-10. Let's, let's move on. We don't need to spend much time here. The, the, the Texans almost had their win last week.
2: Next game, Cowboys-Jags. Cowboys 10-3 and take on the Jags who have life themselves in their division. They have dreams of toppling the AFC South and taking down the Titans and getting a four seed, which would bring with it a home playoff game. I know Maurice Jones-Drew, who is standing in the wings, loves the sound of that. Will he love the sound of
5: your pick? Who wins it? How do they do it? I'm going to say Cowboys 27. My friends down in Duval County, 28. That's exactly right. Listen, the Cowboys survived a scare, and you can be like, well, they're not going to have a letdown again. They've actually started slow the last two weeks. You cannot do this against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who score way too many points. Doug Peterson did okay against the Cowboys back in the day. Dak Prescott 5-6 and six in career road games against the AFC teams, 2-5 and five in such games since 2018. Trevor Lawrence, a must-play in fantasy? Absolutely. Don't, don't worry about the matchup. Get Trevor Lawrence in there.
2: Here we go. We're on the clock. Quick answers for the rest of the games. I want a winner. I want a score. And I want one fantasy piece of advice. Here we go. Falcons at five and eight on the road to take on the Saints at four and nine. Who wins it?
5: How do they do it? Saints, 22-20. Desmond Ritter makes his NFL starting debut, but the Saints have won five of their last six games against the Falcons. And don't be afraid to start Alvin Kamara in your fantasy championships.
2: Lions, 6-7 and seven on the outside of the NFC playoff picture, but looking in with real interest and real intent on the road to take on the Jets at 7-6. and six. Who wins it? How do they do it? The oddsmakers give the edge to
5: the road Lions. The Lions favored by one. Why do they get – Jared Goff is an indoor cat. Do not – look at his home road splits. They're terrible. Jets 25-20. Garrett Wilson, fire him up. The Lions have been very generous against opposing wide receivers this season.
2: Mac Jones wants to throw the ball down the field. Will he get the chance to do it? His next chance to do it comes in Vegas. Patriots at 7-6, taking on the Raiders at 5-8. The line is 1-1. The Patriots, again, a road favorite. Who wins it?
5: How do they do it? I'm going to go with the Raiders, 24-22. You know what? I know a lot of people will say that Bill Belichick against one of his former assistants, that's a wash, but he's actually 11-11 against his former assistants I'm going to go with the Raiders, especially if we Stevenson and Damian Harris are both out.
2: The last laugh goes to Josh McDaniels in this one. So says Adam Rank, Titans 7-6 and six. on the road to take on the Chargers. Across the street at SoFi Stadium, Chargers also 7-6. and six. Major playoff implications in this one. The line is three. Chargers at home, favored by three. We know that that means that it's an ostensible pick-em. Who do you pick, Adam Rank?
5: I'm going to take the Chargers 26-23. They're very vulnerable to Derrick Henry. The Chargers Ranked 28th against the run, but the Titans are 31st against the pass. I expect the Chargers and Justin Herbert to jump out to an early lead, and the Titans can't recover.
2: Three games to go. Bengals nine and four, taking on the Bucks six and seven. The line three and a half. The Bengals a road favorite. No surprise there as to why. Who wins it? How do they do it?
5: You know what? I'm done banking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Give me the Bengals 24-21. The Bengals have won five consecutive games. The biggest key is Joe Burrow under pressure. He is top 5 against pressure this season. Brady is bottom 5. I think it's all about getting to the quarterback.
2: Is this a situm week for the Bucks defense? Absolutely. Two games to go. Giants 7-5-1 against the Commanders 7-5-1. The last time they played each other, it accounts for the one. They tied the line 4 and a half. Commanders favored by 4 and a half at home. Major playoff implications in this NFC East battle. Who wins it? How do they do it?
5: Commanders 30-17 over the Giants. They made some mistakes a couple of weeks ago. I think they correct them. Brian Robinson going up against that 29th-ranked run defense, seals it, and I guess that would count as your fantasy tip.
2: Cardinals, Broncos, who wins it? How do they do it?
5: Broncos, 18-50. I'm not saying that the Broncos have found something after scoring 28 points against the Chiefs, but you look at the injuries that have been piling up for the Cardinals. I think the Broncos build on a little bit of that momentum from last year.
2: Broncos defense, a streaming option you love?
5: Uh, I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good, good defense.
2: Last game of Week 15 is the Monday night clash between the defending Super Bowl champion L.A. Rams with Baker Mayfield likely to start in that game. They are 4-9, and nine, taking on the Packers at Lambeau. The Packers at 5-8 and arithmetically remain alive. So there is something to play for other than just bragging rights in this one. Packers are favored by 7. Do you, believe, do you buy it? Who wins it? How do they do it?
5: Packers 30 to 10 that Packers defense is loaded with first overall our first round draft picks I think they actually rally I love the Baker Mayfield story I do it was fun watching it last week but I'm not going to fully buy in and I will say fantasy tip Christian Watson at least 21 fantasy points in three consecutive games he is going to make it a fourth in a row
2: those are picks and predictions with some fantasy advice thrown in for free you're welcome thank you Adam Rank no no, no. thank you Listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I am your host, NFL Network Senior Writer Andrew Levy. My guests today, the host of NFL Total Access, MJ Acosta Ruiz. And of course, the former NFL player, the former rushing champ, the legend, certainly in these parts and potentially in his own mind, Maurice Jones, Drew. Okay, guys, we have a job to do. And I think you guys are on. Opposite sides of this debate, which makes it really thrilling for me. There are two, I think we can agree, two remaining candidates as we head into week 15 for the Most Valuable Player Award. Josh Allen gave it a good run, but it didn't quite pan out, did it? There were some other names thrown around. Joe Burrow could have been in the mix, but he didn't have a good enough start to the season. We heard names like Tyreek Hill should have been mentioned. Fair enough. He made a good effort, mm-hmm. put his name in the conversation for a long time, didn't quite stay there. We are down to two. Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia, obviously. And Patrick Mahomes, who has won an MVP before in Kansas City with the Chiefs, obviously. Who wins the MVP? Maurice Jones Drew? Who is? Excuse me, different question. Yes. Different question. Who is the MVP?
3: If you if you say who is the MVP, I say Patrick Mahomes. Why? I think you've taken from him. Um I took nothing. Not you. I mean, like, he lost (laughs) a weapon in Tyreek Hill, right? Yes. MJ took Tyreek Hill. uh, Arguably, scooped him up. If not the best receiver, top three, top five in the league. Facts. Um, Yeah, number 10, deuced. Yeah, he, he, he left. And yet, he's producing at a higher rate. He's throwing more touchdowns. He's leading. They have a bunch of guys from other teams that are first year guys on their team. Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, Valdez Scantling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a rookie in there. Justin Watson's even catching touchdowns. Uh, and and the, who's their running back? Uh, Pacheco. Pacheco's oh, is part it? of Pacheco it.
1: Pacheco and,
2: you know, McKinnon. Clyde was there. And not, Clyde How was, was hurt,
3: right? Yeah. Like So they, they've used a stable of backs, a stable of wide McKinnon. receivers, McKinnon. The only one that's kind of been that person for him to lean on has been Travis Kelsey. Yes. And he's done a phenomenal job, and they're still at the top uh, of a of probably the most loaded division. Mm-hmm. They won that with ease a long time ago, and they still have a chance to be the number one seed in the AFC.
2: Who leads the NFL in touchdown passes this year? Patrick Mahomes. Interesting. Okay, let's hold that. Let's let that stat
3: kind of ring in the air
2: and hang in the ether as we turn to MJ Acosta-Ruiz. MJ, who's the MVP?
1: I think it's Jalen.
2: Jalen Hurts, she says. Mm-hmm. Okay, so MJD says it's Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, yeah. he said it almost... Widening his eyes, listeners, as if to say, I can't believe you're even asking me this question. It's Patrick Mahomes. MJ Acosta Ruiz, with just as much self-assurance, says, of course, it's Jalen Hurts. Why?
1: The way Jalen has not only galvanized this team, led this team, what he does both through the air, which, yes, A.J. Brown has been a big part of that, But also his play on the ground, I think, has been one of the most impressive runs and the most impressive growth by a quarterback that I've seen in a really long time. Um, And I think the jump, too, because for, what, three seasons now, there have been so many questions around Jalen Hurts. And I've been one of those people who says, can you give him a friggin' second? (laughs) And for this team to build and build. And I think we're there. And so we've had this argument. We were talking about this earlier about, "Okay, well, is it him or is it the team around him? While I do think there is a combo situation here to the success of the Eagles, I think the success of Jalen Hurts and the evolution of Jalen Hurts is squarely on that man's shoulders and that man's legs from what we've seen from him. And I don't think you can discount how he plays, how he leads this team, and what he has done for this Eagles franchise as well.
2: We have seen, if you go down the (laughs) ledger of NFL MVPs over the years, it is very rare that you see an MVP from a bad team. So your point is a good one. Your point is a good one. They are not punished. They should not be punished for playing on a good team. It does not diminish what they are capable of and what they have shown us in that given season. But MJD, you
3: had your hand up. I assume it's not for a bathroom
2: pass. No. You have something to say about
3: it. I, I, well, I, 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 I completely agree with MJ when she said, give him a second. But you know why he, he's been forced to not have that second? because Patrick Mahomes his first year threw for 50 touchdowns. Fair Patrick enough. Patrick Mahomes set the standard, set the standard yeah. right? And so what I what I would say to that is we only talk about his arms and his throwing touchdowns. We don't talk about all his rushing either. Patrick Mahomes runs the ball too. He may not run it like Jalen Hurts, if you do his overall stats, they're still better. And I think that's at the end of the day, we've had this discussion. If you take if you take Jalen Hurts off the Eagles, you put any other quarterback on there, are they that much worse? Probably not.
1: But I, I think, don't know about that. I don't know that any. It's like a pug, yeah. A pug I think in place
2: uh, I, I think I'm with MJ on this one. Um, I'm so confused by MJ and on um, so MJ. It doesn't speak well of me. You have to wait though for the end of
3: it though, because you if you can't just put anybody in Patrick Mahomes' spot and expect the same results. Would you say that you could put just anybody in Jalen
2: Hurts' and, in a role I, and expect I the think, same results? I, I think could you, you put could Ryan put, Tannehill in that position? Back, and I think yes.
3: Ryan Tannehill does the same thing he does. Do you really think so? Yeah.
2: Could you put Taylor Heineke no, behind I wouldn't say that offensive no, line, and would they be the number one seed in the NFC? No, I, I
3: wouldn't what say. What Taylor about Taylor Daniel Heineke. Jones?
2: No. What, what about, about Dak Prescott? Dak, yes. <laughs> okay, Dak is a yes. I just obviously went yes. down that division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But could you put Kirk? Cousins yes, on that team. Really? Oh, yes, yes, he says reflexively. It, I'll, say and I'll yes. tell you
3: why. You have a running game. That with if you take away Jalen Hurts, you still have a running game. Yes, they, you do. They, mm-hmm. they ran it with Carson Wentz. Yes. You have one of the best offensive lines in the game, mm-hmm. and your receiving course. So that you have three receivers that can go. You have two number one wide receivers and a tight end that you have to account for in that game. Okay. And I'm, again, this is not taken away from what Jalen well, Hurts has done. Not. I think his ability is phenomenal, and what he's done. The problem is, is You added a piece to him, and he's having this great year. You subtracted a piece from Patrick Mahomes, and it hasn't changed one bit. It's actually gotten better.
2: Let's do the final assessment this way, using something that MJ just said a moment ago. Let's look at this team. Let's go unit by unit. Running backs room, whose are you taking, Eagles or Chiefs? Eagles.
3: Eagles, yeah.
2: Wide receiver room, whose are you taking, Eagles or Chiefs?
3: Pass catchers. I who, you, who you who you 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 taking? Pass catchers. I mean, it's not Devante that hard. Smith
2: and AJ Brown. Dallas Goddard and Dallas Goddard
3: or Travis, Travis Kelsey or, Only or Travis Kelsey. Or, you, no, okay. They Juju. Got a yeah, to say Juju MVS. Yes. So are you gonna take? Juju. Are you gonna take that receiver core over over Phillies? Come on, get out of here. Who's
2: wide receiver
1: room? You see, you and in? so like
3: this. Phillies easy.
1: This my hesitation. I think emboldens your.
0: Yeah, original point.
1: A uh, original point where I'm like, oh.
3: Well,
0: that's kind it, of where I'm I, leading I, you. Do
1: I love that wide receiver room in KC because of what Patrick Mahomes has been able to do? Or do I, without him, do I still take them?
3: Yeah, I, I whose don't defense, think
2: Andrews, who's de- yes. You're guilty of looking down the rundown. Whose defense not, are you taking? Did I?
1: Did I look down the rundown?
2: Whose who's <laughs> defense are you taking? Phillies um, or KC's?
1: I mean, they're the second total defense in the league. I'm taking Eagles
3: whose O-line are you taking? Phillies or KC's? I think that's the closest one. You could, yeah, I would so go with either, go one. either one. You'd go with either one. Yeah, but I mean... So
2: the, way the, the O-line line is, is a toss-up. Yeah, exactly. So the O-line yeah. is a toss-up. The wide receiver room for MJ is a little bit of a hesitation, mm-hmm. but I think we can agree that the rest of the team, as we look at it as a team, mm-hmm. the Eagles are clearly superior to KC. And so if you then ask the question again, so who's the MVP? Does your...
3: Answer MJ change no. I love that. should her answer change <laughs> no. It shouldn't change because she she's in it and I love I'm that. I just think my my one issue is for MVP. Where what is Jalen Hurts like moment? You have to have a moment sure. as an MVP. Yeah. Right. If it's last second drive game on the line, if that's if his moment is that against the Colts, how bright is that? Right. Where we just saw Patrick Mahomes flick a ball. Uh Jarek McKinnon being chased by like 17 dudes Seven, and he runs 70 <laughs> yards down the field, right? Like you have to have a moment as MVP. Because the MVP award, and, and for our fans, I want them to understand it's not just about stats. No. It's it's about everything. It's an all-encompassing. Yes, it's it's situation. it's everything like the draw of it, the excitement. Who you are. That's why it's hard for a running back, a wide receiver, or anyone to win it. Because mm-hmm. no matter how good you are, you'll never have that draw or that excitement of a quarterback making a play.
1: Well, for me, for, with Jalen, it was putting up 157 on the ground one week and then coming back the next week and throwing for, what, 300?
3: Yes,
2: The range, the versatility that you simply don't see from anybody else. (laughs) Well, you sort of see it occasionally from Justin Fields, but you always see it from Justin Fields in In a losing losing. cause, right? So to see it in a winning endeavor. But what is his one
3: moment, his defining moment of MVP? What? Play? do we go back to, we look at, we say, that is a Jalen Hurts play.
1: We got got four games.
2: Well, I think that's exactly the answer, (laughs) right, is that we have four games left. And I think Jalen's answer, if he were to receive this award, he won't be there. Mm -hmm. He'll be prepping for the Super Bowl. But the night before the Super Bowl, let's assume that the Eagles have made it there and the Chiefs have made it there. Mm -hmm. That's Jalen's defining moment was the NFC Championship game where he got the Eagles over the line to earn their berth. In Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl. So did Patrick. Exactly.
3: That
1: that moment might come on Christmas Eve against the Cowboys.
2: Against the Cowboys, Christmas Eve. Circle the date,
3: listener. Like I said, Patrick has like seven of them already. That's the difference. Fair enough. (laughs) Just scramble around, throw plays. You pick which one you want.
2: Uh, It's up to you, listener, to decide who has made the more compelling argument. For me, I think... My mind was made up before the argument began. <laughs> I agree with MJD. I, I think that Patrick Mahomes is the MVP by a little bit yeah. over Jalen Hurts. But I think, MJD, you and I would both agree that Jalen Hurts is clearly one of the
3: top two. Oh, oh by yeah, far. He will
2: get yeah. a lot of MVP votes. And if he were to win it, you wouldn't be that mad at the kid.
3: No, not at all. I, again, like I said, I just think he has four weeks to give you that one moment. And it's not for him to press that moment. And it probably right. will be against the Cowboys. hmm uh, because I think he's going to have to have a game-winning drive where he throws the ball and not yeah, obviously using utilizing yeah. his legs, especially against that defense. Yes.
2: We interrupt this podcast to bring you something from the file marked "Takes One to Know One." Former NFL rushing champ Maurice Jones-Drew has his eye on five running backs who are suiting up to take part in the NFL Network Saturday triple header, three games on Saturday. That's right, Sunday Stars. Playing on Saturday, this is going to be good. MJD sees five running backs who are destined to dominate, or who need to dominate in order to give their team a chance to win. MJD, take the mic. We're to we go running. Hold on now. Buckle up, Buttercup.
3: Boom. Here we go. Devin Singletary. Now let me tell you what he has to have. Let me. Let's get there. There it is. He has to have a strong game. For the Buffalo Bills. I'm tired of seeing Josh Allen run and taking those hits and flipping. Mm-hmm. Steve, I don't want to see that. Let Devin Singletary do it. You know, like Lucy. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can run in between the tackles. Mm-hmm. He can run outside. He can do all that, can he? He can if you they don't give do him it, the opportunity. Yeah, they yeah. haven't given him the well, opportunity. We know so. Josh
1: Allen can, but he shouldn't, and he still has Devin Singletary.
3: Yeah, stop quit being stingy. Sh- <laughs> he Here we go. <laughs> Number, Number four. four. Okay. K. Okay, Dobbins. Awesome, All right, man. What he did last week. All right, let me make sure I get it right. Ridiculous. Wanna... Hot feet. <laughs> oh, yeah. That boy was running last week against yeah. the Pittsburgh State. 120 yards. First game back. Now, he's still trying to get healthy. You yep. know, he was dragging the leg a little bit. Yeah. But it's he okay. got heavy. It's yeah. okay. They said that he was going to be on the pitch count. That pitch count went out. <laughs> out the window. Hey, the game got tight. Yeah. He had to go run. Mm. All right, here we go. Number three. Is it Pants, yes. guy? Hey, Johnny oh. T. Jonathan Taylor. Hey. The key... To the victory this weekend. And why do I say that? This weekend? This weekend on Saturday. Saturday. They play the Vikings. We talked about it earlier. just talked about it. Yeah, he's the key. They got to run the ball. That's the wrong key to the wrong house. Did I interrupt your segment, Steve? Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. I I encouraged your segment. (laughs) Oh, okay. Encouraged me here as I try to help out. Yeah, that was encouragement.
4: Good job. Thank you, Steve. But you're incorrect. He's
3: the key. (laughs) He gotta tote this rock. He gotta tote this table. get that man arrested. Nah, He's he going to the go wrong house. He's gonna get arrested. Here we go. Now, this one. This is important. Oh. This is important. Dalvin Cook is Whoa. number two. I'm gonna show you why. I'm gonna tell you this. I, I, I got you on this one. We gotta get him involved in the passing game a lot more, Steve. Oh, okay. He's just not a, he's running well. He's doing a great job. Yes. Let's get him the ball in the passing game. Let's let him catch it out of the backfield, kind of do what he gotta do. Oh, Number one, get we'll get those passes to JJ. He done got 223 yards. Give him Number 200 more. I saw that man. Number one is Nick Chubb. Let's get all the way over here. Let me I show like you Nick why. Chubb. Listen, we gotta get this train going. I know y'all got Deshaun Watson and you wanna throw the football and do all that stuff, but that's how you win. That's where your bread's buttered. Mm. This here is that what's gonna happen? Yes. If you wanna win, yes. let Nick Chubb spin. Yes. I I agree with. I so agree. you don't agree with number three? No. He ain't the key? He's the key. Just not, you got the wrong key in the wrong house in the wrong calendar. Yeah, with the Steve, wrong coach. If you wanna win, he may be the right key. 12 rushing touchdowns. Move
1: on. Chubb this season, by the way. All right.
2: With Saturday on The Brain, while I still have you, I want you both to finish the following sentence. I wouldn't be surprised if. Let's go through the Saturday schedule. Game one, Colts and Vikings in Minneapolis. Kickoff at 1 p.m. Eastern. On paper, it's not even close. It should be a route. And yet, oddsmakers tell me that the Vikings are only favored at home against the last place in the AFC, Indianapolis Colts, by four and a half. What do they know that I don't know? Answer this question, MJD. I wouldn't be surprised if.
3: Kirk Cousins throws three INTs and they lose.
1: Oh,
2: yeah. MJ, I wouldn't be surprised if.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if this comes down to like a a two-point situation. Like it's a way closer game than anybody else is expecting.
2: So you all do know something that I don't know. (laughs) I don't see it. I don't believe it. And yet my eyes will probably see exactly what you already know is going to happen on Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern in Minneapolis. That's Colts and Vikings. Let's turn to game two. Ravens and Browns. The AFC North battle in Cleveland kickoff at 440 Eastern. Cleveland Browns are favored by two-and-a-half at home over the playoff-positioned Baltimore Ravens. MJ, I'll start with you on this one. I wouldn't be surprised if...
1: The Ravens end up winning this one on the road with a third-string quarterback because that's the kind of year we've had in the NFL this
2: season. It is, right? (laughs) Yeah. Anthony Brown, I hope you're listening. That was a vote of confidence from MJ Acosta Ruiz. Maurice Jones drew, I wouldn't be surprised if...
3: We don't get one single offensive touchdown. Oh. And we get two defensive touchdowns in this Okay. Game. Are you going to attach a team, a color, a jersey to that? Oh, and Baltimore game? wins. But I, I think Cleveland's defense is going to do a really good job. But Deshaun Watson has struggled down the stretch, and he hasn't played this type of defense yet. I, I think Baltimore scores on defense. They win on a last-second field goal.
2: Very, very interesting. If, they, if only they had a good kicker. And finally, game three. MJ, you're going to have to sit and consider this. MJD is going to have the first word on this. It's your Dolphins. You're slightly reeling. Who are we? Are we still what we think we are? Miami Dolphins on the road at Highmark Stadium to take on the top AFC seed Buffalo Bills. Now, we have it on good authority that your Dolphins needed warmers on the sidelines in L.A. in week 14. They are heading into the frozen tundra of Buffalo it's going to be freezing. It's going to be snowing. What will they do then? Hold that thought, MJD. I wouldn't be surprised if.
3: Well, first of all, I'll be there, so I'm going to be it like, was freezing too. Freezing too, which is not going to be fun. <laughs> but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Tua shows up and outplays Josh Allen. Ooh,
2: I like this. I like this for you and I. In especially a losing like effort, for though. You.
1: Not losing it, right? He in brought, he brought effort, us back though. to earth. Yeah, bro- oh, hold on a effort. second.
2: In a losing effort, though. Yes. Outplays Josh, but gets the L. That seems kind of emotionally riding the fence there, bud. Okay, MJ, I wouldn't be surprised if.
1: If the Dolphins, heat warmers and all, win this game and break the losing streak that they have. They play, this, they play this team well. I mean, they did certainly earlier in the season. Granted, it was 100 degrees warmer in Miami back in week three than it will be at Orchard Park.
2: On she is Saturday. not, by the way, overstating that. It will, in fact on the field, be at least 100 degrees colder than it was the first time these two faced.
1: Wild. But it wouldn't shock me if the Dolphins got the W.
2: Just wouldn't. Thank you for your answers. Thank you for your time. I want to thank today's special guests, the Hyphenates, MJ Acosta Ruiz against Maurice Jones-Drew. Please join us tomorrow for a very special Throwback Thursday edition of NFL Total Access, the podcast, with our very own in-house play caller. He's the Mooch, the Moochie Man, Steve Mariucci, who takes us on a little bit of a journey into his football life. Where did the dream start? Where did the dream almost die? And what's the one thing, the one game he wants back more than anything in the world, and it still keeps him up at night? Find out tomorrow. Till then, ciao for now.